I was just going to mention that another podcast friend of ours, we, I can't remember, I think she was interviewing me, but she's on the West coast and I'm on the East coast and it was a Saturday morning and she did it from her car. Yeah. (laughs) Like mom, boss, moms, get it done. Yeah. That was a thought. (laughs) Yeah. That was Nikki Snyder, right? When, when we interviewed her, wasn't she in her car with her yes. microphone set up? Yeah, with this this thing in the car. I was impressed. She's yeah. good. So, Ashley, are there young kids, dogs, both? <laughs> Just kids. Husbands. I don't think I can handle both. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah, the husband got the marching orders. I'm like, look, you have to be home and clean by 7 a.m. because you have to be in charge. <laughs> you have to take care of the people this morning. <laughs> Defeating busy. Hashtag. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the thing I am like the biggest <laughs> proponent of use the tool of the hubby if you're married yeah they will yeah. do whatever it is we need them to do even yeah. if don't they don't know what that is tell them. yes exactly they but just the, don't if you know. tell them they will do it they'll do it they just don't know expecting them to do it that's where we mess up you yeah. can't mm-hmm. expect and then you can't get mad because they didn't think of it you right can't. they they just generally speaking they don't have that chip in their dna to do that but i can give eddie mason the third a list <laughs> shout out eddie mason shout out eddie mason <laughs> i can give him a list and he's like, he's empowered. He feels like I know what to do now. I can do this. Oh, you want me to go play a game with the kids? I can play a game with the kids. <laughs> Is that really on the list? Well, no, but I, <laughs> I have said, you know, spend time with the kids or, you know, we really need you to unplug from screens when you're home because we only get... And so he's like, okay, I don't know what to do with these humans. Take them, take them around the block with the dog. That, and I give him things. And he's like, yes, these are things. And they don't cost money. So if I, can, <laughs> if I compare both of those, he's winning. I mean, he is like, I got it. And he goes off and he lives his best life. And the kids think he's amazing. Now, I will say this recently. I think I added this to my stories. I may post it as an Instagram post eventually because I snapped a picture of it because Kendall got a new bed and he was like, I'm going to let the kids help me put the bed together. He came up with that all by himself. And so it was, and the kids were all in it. And I was like, see, that's his language. He likes to use his hands. He likes mm-hmm. to build things and drawing the kids into his world just made him light up and the kids loved it too. So anyway, shout out Eddie Mason. <laughs> I just came up with a new show idea based on this conversation and it's boss dad life hacks. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's the download, but like ideas for dads. Cause Ashley, I just yesterday was like ranting to Deanna a little bit and it was a self-aware rant. Like I knew I was just being a whiny brat for the minute, but it was like, my husband's willing to make dinner, but he doesn't understand like the part about the planning and the ingredients and the shopping and Mm -hmm. the fact that when he asks me how long and what temp for the meatloaf, I have to Google it. I don't know. I just, (laughs) cause I just cook it and check it and whatever. Um, but then I'm like, you know, but last night he was 
in the garage at 8.30 putting a lawnmower together. So I just need to calm myself because we have our lanes and we work well in them and we have mm-hmm. to help each other out and not get upset or impatient about mm-hmm. it. And the Instagram was a big help to me with all of that. Once I figured out my husband was a nine, I'm like, oh, these aren't necessarily like personal flaws. This is personality. <laughs> He's not out to get me. He's not really out to get me, right? <laughs> right. Like, this is just who he is. It's not personal. And I did a, I actually wrote about that a little bit last summer. I don't know what, it was a day that I was feeling like I wasn't getting help or I was feeling a little frustrated. I do all the things. Cannot anybody in this house see that I am drowning? You know, that one of those days. <laughs> and I, w- I, was, I went to go sit out on the patio and Eddie Mason, shout out Eddie, <laughs> was changing a light bulb, one of my lights in my car, my, um, taillights was out I never even knew it was out but because he follows me whenever we're taking two cars he follows us home and he saw that the taillight was out never even mentioned it he just went and got another one replaced it I would even never known he did it if I wasn't sitting out there Mm -hmm. he was doing yard work he went and got my son and he was um, showing my son how to cut the grass and you know he was doing all these things that I never ever think of doing and I was like I need to calm the heck down you know, because he's taking care of parts of our world that I am never navigating and just appreciating that and understanding that he's just got a whole list of different things. It may feel like I'm carrying a lot of things for him, the things that he has to do and has to remember to do. He had to remember to go get the, the light. He had to remember, oh, I don't want Deanna driving around at night without that tail light. No, you know, he had to think of that. And I never even had to think of it. So shout out boss husbands i don't know what to call them you guys yeah, are amazing term. <laughs> and speaking of amazing husbands rod drop the intro all right welcome back to the refresh life podcast we're not our normal duet episode <laughs> we have a guest today which i'm so excited once again instagram has served me well and i have met this beautiful beautiful woman in the IG space and world I reached out to her um anytime I see someone occupying the same space that I occupy which is time management productivity taking care of yourself finding space uh, for what matters most anytime that language pops up my radar is up I'm like this is someone that my coaching clients would love she's probably offering something that can serve them in some way and is this a good fit for the podcast and just the name of her her um blog i knew yes yes (laughs) Yes, we need to bring her on so today i would love to welcome ashley conway to the podcast i'm going to introduce her really quickly ashley conway is a writer copywriter and the creator of defeating busy which is a faith-based blog dedicated to helping moms and women save time so they can spend it on what matters most. Love it. She's the wife of the best guy on the planet and the mom of two crazy girls and lover of all things country music, reading, and organizing. Ashley, welcome to the Refresh Life podcast. It's so great to have you. Thanks. It's wonderful to be here with you all. And she's sitting on the floor Mm -hmm. in her bathroom because... That's just how we roll. That's right. We make it work one way or the other. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? 
we're pretty. I know. It's okay. As long as we can capture the audio, I don't care. <laughs> it's your studio. It's, it's all good. It's your exactly. studio. So well, just at least you can't see like a toilet or anything in the background. So it's not weird yet. <laughs> oh, wow. So Ashley, just from uh, your bio and from talking to you for a few minutes, I, I feel you in my soul. You got the Kentucky thing going on, which I married into. Yes. <laughs> and it's a thing. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you which team you cheer for, though, because that could be a dividing line. And it can, it can impact the vibe. <laughs> Okay, I have, my husband is a UofL alum, so there are expectations. Yes, well, yes, mine is a Wildcat alum, so it, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. We're God's family. It's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, look, there are blue accessories all around me. Like, it's, and again, I went to University of Illinois, and still... It, it's like an injection. Oh, see. see now we, we can't record. No, it's all good. Episode God, over. God's family. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Ashley, I'm so excited to have you. Uh, a fellow mom of two girls, even though that's not my life anymore. It was for seven years. It was the girlies in our home. And we would all love to hear more about you, your family, and the work that you do with Defeating Busy. Yeah, well, I'm happy to share. And it's definitely, you know, who runs the world? Girls. That's the, <laughs> the life we're living over here. My two girls are four and a half, and she's the one who tries to rule the world. Hmm. And about 16 months, I've been married for 13 years. My husband's the total opposite of me, calm, cool, and collected, and I'm the party in the spaz. <laughs> um, so that's home life. Yeah, I'm a Kentucky girl. You know, derby time is my thing, but I am living in Salt Lake City right now. So I'm a Kentucky wow. girl turned mountain girl. Wow. And loving it out here. We've been here less than a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's new. That's new. It yeah. is. So we moved with a six month old. Bless your heart. Well, that's one of those things you tell, you know, it's one of those limiting beliefs. You think I can't move across the country with a six month old and a four year old, but you know what? You can. Mm -hmm. you I moved across country with a two year old and a two and a two month old. Ooh, that's yeah. worse. Yeah, it was, it, and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty on that <laughs> flight. Let me just tell you, you did it. You're there. That's right. Made it through it. And in hindsight, it doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> um, so on the professional side, I'm a writer. That's my professional background. I've done that, you know, since I came out of school. Um, so I'm a copywriter, which means I do writing for businesses, websites and emails and that type of thing. Um, and then my passion project is defeating busy, which is a blog just kind of born out of my own experience and my own walk with realizing we carry so much on our shoulders as women and there are so many things that can fill our time and it's so easy to get busy so mm. that we have to be very intentional about what we spend our time on because how you spend your days is how you spend your life. Mm. And I don't want to look back at 70 something and say, I spent it on the wrong things. I want to say that I spent it well and I invested it well. And that's where this was born. Man, that's awesome. I'm excited. I don't. Even, I hardly don't even want to talk about what we're talking about because I'm like, man, <laughs> I no, could live right there and dig into it. We could just like swap stories of why that's true. 
so much of what you said is why I do what I do. I do it. I focus it on the business side, making mm-hmm. sure that those intentions are in place in order for us as entrepreneurs, for us as mom entrepreneurs to get where we're trying to go. And the, the level of intention and purpose is intense. It's like, yes. that's what it takes, but it doesn't have to be unfun. It doesn't right. have to be toilsome. It could be refreshing hashtag refresh moms. It really can. <laughs> well, a full life to me is a good thing to have it full of the things that are meaningful to mm-hmm. you versus a busy life where you feel like a cat chasing your tail. Yeah. That's not the feeling that I want. Yeah. And I used to feel that way and I did not have the skill set to not feel that way. And so 100%, the work that you're doing is so needed. And thank God that you are in this space, helping other women and moms defeat busy. All right. So speaking of defeating busy, can you kind of share how you make space in your mom life with these two littles, you're married? How do you make space in your life to actually do the work that you do? What does a typical day maybe look like for you? And typical day is probably a lie. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no typical days, but see if you can kind of take us on a journey to what it looks like in your life to actually do the, do your work and run your business. Sure. Um, And you're right. It totally flexes with what is um, important that day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I may have a schedule laid out, but that if I see um, one of the girls needs me for some reason, you know, one's, you know, teething or um, then I change. I just flex my schedule and I, you know, push something that can off to the next day. But typically I start with my morning routine. It is sacred. I can't Mm -hmm. emphasize enough how important it is, how you start your day because that sets your day, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a workout. I mean, both physically and mentally, it's just something that is supremely important. And then um, I follow that with some Bible study and gratitude. Um, and then hopefully I can squeeze in a quick shower. <laughs> <laughs> the key to that is, I don't know if you all know Crystal Payne, Money Saving Mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she is big on stretching out how often you wash your hair so that you don't have to spend as much time with all of that. So I made it to about mm-hmm. four days and I'm still trying to push that out because that's, you want to look good, but you don't want to have to spend hours of your day doing it. Right. Yeah. So after, you know, the morning routine about 7 AM is when my day starts with the girls that I become what I, I mean, it's like a diner running a diner basically. Yeah. You know, the biggest one's <laughs> breakfast, fixing the little one's breakfast, fixing me and my husband's breakfast. Um, so just getting everybody off started, making sure everybody's dressed, they get what they need. My husband gets out the door with a lunch or snack. Um, I mean, that's pure mom mode. And then after he's gone, uh, and my little one takes her first nap, that's my window. That's my first block of time, basically. So I can either spend that on house stuff. I can spend that. That's my first working block if I need it. So basically I just set that side as my first block that I can fill it with whatever is most important, not necessarily what's most urgent, but what's most Mm. important. Um, Because my oldest daughter can pretty much entertain herself. She's four and a half and I'm in the room in case she has questions or needs a snack, but that's my first block. Then after that is lunch and we kind of have that same thing. And then I have an afternoon block that's nap time. You know, my little one obviously still naps, My oldest one, this is kind of the rule with her. She doesn't have to take a nap, but she does have to go in her room. She can play in there. She can do whatever she wants. 
Um, but that is, you know, my second block of time that I can work or take some self care time or whatever it is that I need most. And she plays on her own. And after that time is over, you know, the, then it's family time the rest of the night with dinner, uh, with all of us together watching, you know, a show, you know, she likes Ninja Warrior to see people fall in the water, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but that's typically how a day goes. I try, you know, some mornings we change it up and I do errands, but I try to kind of conserve those to one day so they don't eat up multiple days. There's so much in there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I needed a minute. First of all, because I'm like, okay, I need Ashley. I feel like, my gosh, I got to work with Ashley Conway. First of all, that's what's running through my head. Because what you just described with the age range of your children, I live that. My kids are now ninth and sixth. I am no longer there. I don't know what my kids are doing on the other side of the door right now. Well, yes, I do. They're sleeping because they sleep till noon. Let's just be real. Mm. They're teenage bodies. They sleep in in the summer. That's just what I've realized. They just, they sleep. But they get up and walk the dogs. They make their own breakfast. They get themselves started. They get themselves dressed. I'm in a whole different season of life as a parent, right? I'm just like na helping them navigate their days, basically. I am not picking out clothes and bathing kids and making, you know, I'm not doing that on a regular. There was a time when I did and I did run my business and I referenced that time a lot, but for you to be in it and speaking with authority the way you just did around how you boss your day. I'm like, yeah, I need this woman. She needs my clients. My, my um, people need to know you because you are a real life living example of a mom in the trenches with littles and mm -hmm. that's really important for other boss moms to see so they can at, first of all see that it is possible but it's going to look completely different than some of the other people out there that are running businesses that don't have kids mm -hmm. underfoot and some of it is it's been trial and error for me yes. like I went through you know a, a time where I tried to do okay, Mondays this is what I'm going to focus on and Tuesdays that's what I'm going to focus on and that didn't work right so now it's looking the night before yeah. what is, you know, what's most important for tomorrow. Like today is going to be a heavy copywriting day for me, but some weeks I look and I say, you know, I need to have some more fun time with the girls. So on Thursday, we're going to leave a gap open and we're going to go to the children's museum because I want to have some play with them. Or some days it's, you know, I am so drained. What I really need is some time for myself. So this after this afternoon block is going to be, let's go watch Outlander on Netflix. Yeah, Whatever it is that really. <laughs> Are you watching <laughs> Outlander too? Rabbit trail. Are you guys watching Outlander? I've been, I've been watching it. Like I watch it on stars and um, read the books, but yeah, that's my love language. Right. Right. That man. Oh, <laughs> Are we talking about Jamie? Mercy. Oh yes. God, yes. Yes. And, and honestly that, that woman too, I love Claire Fraser with the heat of a sun. She's amazing. And them together. <sighs> yeah. Awesome. Make sure, make, just make sure them babies are, are sound asleep. Oh girl. Yeah. You can't, Ooh, it is not yeah. family friendly, but <laughs> yeah, I am like so into this show. Maybe I'll have you guys as a guest on my other podcast and we'll talk about Outlander. Uh, Outlander? 
by pop anyway, podcast. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was rabbit trail, but dang it, they've got me. I actually don't even know what she was saying. Yeah, no, I'm but, like, yeah. But no, it flexes. You- it flexes with what is important for the day because that changes. I mean, I've had two girls that both get speech therapy. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's more of a priority for me to work with them on that. So I don't think we as moms or as women can always be so rigid to say, um, I'm going to stick to this schedule and I'm never moving from it. It doesn't work that way. And part of that is weird from outlander to this, but <laughs> letting the Holy spirit whisper to you and tell you, this is where you're needed. Cause I may think I'm needed to work on my business today, but that may be wrong. Mm-hmm. So giving him room to, you know, to tell me, no, what you need, your husband needs your attention right now. I'm going to bear witness with you, Ashley, as I'm kind of where you are because I have a four and a half year old who is not in school full time yet and childcare and that whole thing is just, it's a thread (laughs) snacks. I wrote down when you were talking the thread of snacks, just keeping snacks in the house. And you even said you send your husband out the door with a lunch or a snack. I'm like, we snacks are one of the banes of my existence. (laughs) Even for myself, like what's a, what's the hell? What, where's my protein? You know, there is a mantra that goes around social media that says the days are long, but the years fly by. And I am I am so there in those trenches right now because I've got these girls who were your girls, and now I'm about to have two middle schoolers, and most of the time they don't need me except when they need me. And then it's like, mama, last night I was sitting here editing one of our podcasts and one of them walks in, plops on the bed and I'm done. When that happens, it's like you said, it's not about what's most urgent. Mm -hmm. I needed to get that podcast edited because my next few days are very, very full, but it's what's most important. And that's the person sitting on the bed waiting for me. So I want to encourage you (laughs) Physically, it gets easier. You don't, I mean, I still have to give, you know, make sure Jack is showered and make sure that the snacks are accessible and all those things. But the emotions do continue to get stretched and scheduling is the bane of my existence. I now have two planners going. (laughs) Oh my gosh. One is sitting on the desk and one is on the go with me and things, things change all the time. And we're not, we're not in charge of all the things on our schedule, but we can be in charge of our response to them, of our stress level, of our way of showing our children, this is how you juggle and this, and I think this is where we're going with this episode. This is where you draw the line in the sand and say, we've got too much. We're all retreating. Nothing is, no one's going anywhere today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I can't wait to hear I can't wait to hear how you arrive there, but I don't think we're there yet. I'm, I'm looking at the question I'm supposed to be asking. I will, with no grace, segue into that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how a woman's mind works anyway. Right. We're everywhere. Rabbit trail, rabbit trail. Okay, so we have listeners who are brand new bloggers, and you have been blogging since when? Um, so I started in about um, 2015, being really consistent. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And I, I think I started like in 2004. <laughs> wow. The, well, there was no social media to share your blog really. So it was like, you know, five people would read it or something. So the landscape has changed a lot, a lot, a lot. So tell us as someone who is up to date, <laughs> what tips do you have 
for newbies as they are growing their blogs and eventually hoping to monetize their blogs, what are your best practices that you've learned the last few years? Um, I think, you know, I have two main tips on that. The first is to know your priority. You know, priority is supposed to be a singular thing. That's where the word came from. Um, So in this season of life, what is your priority? Is it, do you need extra income? Mm -hmm. That means that the way you spend your time is going to be very different than the way I spend my time. That means you're going to be getting up early, staying up late every spare minute you're going to be putting into growing your blog. My priority because I have littles is my family. So the blog is secondary to all of that, Mm -hmm. which means yeah, I'll work on it at nap times. Um, It is important to me but it is by no means the most important thing to me. So for me, I've, get, I've given myself permission to grow slow. Mm. I don't have to put out five blog posts a week. I don't have to post on social media three times a day. Mm. So I'm sacrificing the perhaps, you know, monetarily I'm sacrificing. Um, I'm just not going to be exactly probably where I want to be, but my relationships are going to be what I want them Mm -hmm. to be. And, you know, my girls are little, they need me. We've just moved to a new area. Um, I feel like my husband needs me. So for me, you just have to know what is your priority. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is okay to grow slow. We don't have to be where we want to go tomorrow. Yeah. I see women that are very successful and I love them for it, but I'm not willing to be traveling right now. I'm not willing to give up some of the things that they're willing to give up in order to grow faster. Mm -hmm. But if you do want to grow faster, that's great. And there are a lot of resources to get there and you can pour your blood, sweat and tears in there and you will get there and you will get there faster and you will get the income. It's totally doable. The second thing is to, I would say is to focus on one thing at a time. There are a million things you can do to grow a blog. You know, Mm -hmm. we're worried about traffic. We're worried about Pinterest. We're worried about social media. We're worried about our email list. Uh, Then our products are, you know, there are so many things and it is easy to get distracted and say, I need to be working on all of these things at the same time. Um, But then you'll get nowhere. Yeah. So it's, what is the, you know, just the next step, you know, I don't know if you all know Emily Freeman. She's a real big proponent of this um, philosophy. It's, what is the next right step? And you can use that on a big scale. Like what's the first thing I should focus on? Like growing my traffic. Um, or you can use that on a small scale. Like I have 20 things on my to-do list today. I feel so overwhelmed and just saying, what is my next right step? What's mm-hmm. just the one little thing that I can do right now to move me ahead. And then you take it and then yeah. you ask yourself again. Um, and I think that that applies to blogging as well. It applies to everything. That's I say that to my discovery call clients. I share what I do. I share how I can help, but I always put it back in their lap. You listen to what I'm saying. You decide if it's a good fit for wherever you are in your business right now. And you take the next right step and you only, you will know what the next right step is. Sometimes it's a course to pick up a new skill. Sometimes it's, you know, hiring a coach. Sometimes it's focusing on something you created you've created something and now you are wanting to focus to just scale that one thing. You don't, you just never know. I can't tell you what the next thing is. Only you can know how you need to be held and supported. And then once you figure that out, you go for it. I'm also a proponent of building slow, but I will say this. And then um, we're going to move into the content for today. 
I have the luxury to build slow because there's other income coming in the house. Mm-hmm. And so not everybody that comes to me are in that position. And just like you said, if you're needing to make money, then you're going to have to create the intention around creating income. Right. You're just going to have to do it. And you can, you're just going to have to do things at a greater speed. Right. That's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. You don't have to fit into a certain mold. You can make your work fit you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it doesn't matter how fast or how slow you go, as long as you are happy with that yeah. pace. And it's not the barometer of success. No, it's I not the barometer of skill set or expertise. You know, I mean, work is for me, it's about, am I being fulfilled by what I'm doing? And am I serving my people with the gifts and the talents that I've been given? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the barometer of success. I mean, who cares how many followers you have, how many email subscribers you have? am I really serving people? Am I making a difference? Even if it's small, even if it's one person. That, that is a whole nother episode, <laughs> but I, I love it. And um, that's kind of the vibe that I have with the way I do business for myself and the way that I coach. So the title of this episode is how to back out of a commitment gracefully. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this was there were some posts on your website on your blog, you know, you're, you're talking about all these different ways of how to defeat busy. And me and Kelly swear by this particular book that talks about quitting. It's called Emotionally Healthy Woman. If any of our listeners have been paying any attention to past episodes, you know, me and Kelly refer to this book and the author Jerry Scazzaro all the time, because the content of that book has revolutionized the way we live. I mean, just as women, um, just as women, not as boss women or, you know, just as a a human, it has revolutionized (laughs) the way that we live. And so she talks about these eight different things that she quit in her life in order to create emotional wellness. We will link again back to it. I feel like we link (laughs) to it every single time. So when I saw that blog post, I'm like, I think that'd be perfect for our listeners so that we can just maybe um, focus in on this one area of how to defeat busy. And one of the ways is by not over committing our time, not over committing our emotional capacity, (laughs) you know, not over committing period. So I loved what your article and blog post has had to say about it. We will definitely link back to that, but I just wanted to have a conversation about it um, on this episode because I thought it'd be great to capture via audio as well. So can you kind of share a bit why you even decided to write that blog post in the first place? What was the catalyst for you? Sure. It was, you know, my own experience with what I call the shoulds. Um, And I think women as a whole, we walk around with a lot of shoulds. Some of them are self-imposed. You know, I should make something for the bake sale. I should be volunteering here at church, at school, at wherever it is. I should, you know, a million different things. I should go see my grandparents and spend time with them. There are so many things on our list of I should be doings. Then there are things that others impose on us. Like you should make something for the bake sale. You should, um, you know, every, everybody in your life, every organization you're with, every, you know, the church you go to, everything, somebody is going to want your involvement and they're going to say you should do. And 
we want to a lot of times because we're like, oh, I could do that or I'd be really good at that. And we want to take all these things on. We want to be helpful. Uh, we want to serve in some way that that's the heart, you know, of a woman that we want to, you know, we want to help. We want to nurture. We want to do these things, but we get ourselves um, before we even really think about it. We get ourselves into a bond. For me, that was a couple of years ago because I have little kids. Um, it was, you should work in the nursery. <laughs> One, Don't get us started. <laughs> yeah. One weekend a month, everyone who brings a child to childcare should work in the church childcare. And I'm like, I want to swear. I just, oh. want to- <laughs> so yeah. Backwards. Gosh. So backwards churches, please. Oh my get this right. And I said, God. yes. I said yes, because I'm like, I know nobody wants to work in the nursery. So I'm like, okay, but first it was, I'll take my daughter's class. No, no, there were too many little boys like running into me and headbutting me. And I'm like, this, this will not work. So can you give me the babies? (laughs) So I went to the baby class and then it was, even though it was one Sunday a month, every Sunday I was either praying, dear God, let there be hardly any kids. Or dear God, let it snow because we're in the South and if it snows, they'll call off church. (laughs) And that's when you know you have a problem when you're praying, dear Lord Jesus, no one come to church this Sunday. (laughs) And it's not just that that I found myself in. It's, you know, I try a new hairstylist. I cannot stand the way this person does my hair, but they obviously want me to come back. They keep contacting me, texting me. How do I get out of this without saying you suck? (laughs) So, you know, we get ourselves into these situations and then we're like, am I stuck forever? Will I be working in the nursery for the next decade? Or is there a way to get out? Because to me, a person who's praying for no children to come to church should not be working in the nursery. That's not really, I mean, was I doing it with a smile plastered on my face? Yes. But was my heart in it? No, it wasn't. I was just praying for it to be over with and wondering how long the sermon was going to last. <laughs> so that's where this was. This whole idea was born. How do you get out of something that you probably should have said no to to begin with? How do you get out once you're in and still, still preserve the relationship with the person you said yes to? Teach us. Oh, wise Jedi. (laughs) The things that you said, it's so funny because Kelly and I have said these exact things, almost like word for word, (laughs) the exact things. We could dedicate an entire episode to just church culture. (laughs) Just church nursery culture. Just children's church. Just children's church. I used to serve in children's church hard. I did not have a child. I was not a parent at that time. And when I started having kids, the last place I wanted to be was that children's church. Mm-hmm. And then I homeschooled. Because you're people, playing children's church every day of your life. Yeah, and, it, and so people, <laughs> once you homeschool, they automatically think, oh, she's a great fit. Mm. Children's ministry. And I'm like, I need, this is the only place during the week where I can drop off my kids and go have a, an hour and a half of not parenting for a moment. Right. And, you know, but the, for some reason, in some, t- some churches, God bless you guys. I understand why they do it because they're trying to meet the needs of the congregation. They're trying to come mm-hmm. up with a way to let parents have somewhere for their kids to come. So their thing is, what if we make it mandatory? 
<laughs> for people that have kids to go serve their kids. And this is where just dealing with my own, I can live through that. But yeah. you give me seven. I mean, you give me a bunch of kids. Oh no, I am not gifted in that way. And I want out. That is prison. And it's like, if you don't have a grace or a gift for it, right? Why would you want to put them in there to serve and minister to someone else's child? We have to be empowered mm-hmm. to know that about us. Cause there are some women that have kids that love the children's church. They love being there. Right. They're naturally gifted and grace for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we knowing that that's not the either the season or life or the skill set or the grace or the desire we've got to know how to lift our voice to say that to people without fear of offense even though offense may be right but we still have to protect our emotional wellness by giving by being able to speak up and that's what you're about to teach us Right. And this is all about how to get out of the commitment you've already made. What I should have done in that circumstance was to say, um, you know, that is not my gifting nor my, uh, really my desire to work in the nursery, but this is what I can do instead. I can Mm -hmm. work check-in. I could even come up with crafts and give you supplies or, you know, do whatever, you know, what within the things, my own hobbies, my own interests, my own passions, my own giftings, can I still do to contribute without saying yes to this thing that I know is a poor fit for me? I knew it going in and I still said yes anyway. And that is the worst thing you can do to yourself and mm-hmm. frankly to the people you're supposed to be serving. Mm-hmm. Number okay. one, number one, and this seems counterintuitive and what I call it is stop, drop and pray because some things just in my own life, I have discovered they are unpleasant and I don't want to do them, but God wants me to be there and it is for my betterment that I would be there. And Mm -hmm. I'll give you, I'll give you the example. I was in a Bible study group. Um, It was a nine month Bible study. Uh, We were meeting once a week. It was a huge commitment. There were, uh, you know, events outside the actual study that we would be doing. Um, I didn't feel like I felt fit well with the group. I did not like going. I dreaded it every week, but I just felt, you know, in the marrow of my bones, that that's where I needed to be, that I needed that for my growth. So even though it was painful, I kept going. Um, And I'm glad now that I did, but you have to have discernment, which is why I say you pray before you act on any of these things. You have to have discernment to know, is this something I should quit? Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we want to but we shouldn't. And that's a very hard thing to understand just in our own minds because we want to lead with our feelings. Yeah. And sometimes they steer you incorrectly. So one stop, drop and pray. Is this something you should really back out of two is to, you know, cushion the blow with kindness. I don't know about you all. I am very to the point. Um, so I want to just go in and be like, Hey, we need to talk. This is how I'm feeling. Bop, 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 bop so sorry, I'm out. (laughs) But, and I rarely stop to think about, you know, how is this going to affect this other person? This is going to inconvenience them. They're going to have to find somebody to take my place. Those people are not easy to find, which is why I kind of got guilted into it in the first place. So this is going to cause a problem for somebody else. And I have to, you know, put on that lens and put myself in their shoes 
before I'm in the right frame of mind to go have a good conversation with them that is kind. I think it's important your perspective before you go in. If you go in with the perspective that this is all about me, it's not going to be a good loving conversation. Mm. And I mean, I'll freely admit that is not my strength because it takes time. It takes intentionality. It takes stopping before, you know, I'm a, (laughs) ain't ready fire. You know, I don't stop to think, but I think we have to do that. I'm like that too. So I completely read, I completely understand the intent, the, the literal checklist in the brain mm-hmm. that I have to go through to try to make sure I'm not coming off harsh. Right. Because I'm extremely direct mm-hmm. and I don't hear the way I'm sounding. Yeah. But the people that love me have been loving enough to tell me how I sound. So I, I have to go through a mental checklist and say, say it like this and um, make sure you're meeting their needs and are showing concern for what they need. And, you know, I have to tell myself that not that, not to um, condescend. I don't know if that's, you know, I'm not trying to be like, I'm going to me act like this so I don't upset them. It's not that it's like, I know that that's not a natural ability of mine to confront with kindness. And so confronting I can do. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It's like we are built, some of us are built relationship driven where that's always in the forefront of our mind. That's Kelly. Uh, Yeah. And some of us are built task driven where it's like, I just need to do this. This isn't going to be pleasant, but let's just get it done. That's me. Um, Yeah. And that's me too. And it's, you know, obviously that's something that uh, us, those of us who are task driven need to work on, you know, part of personal growth is realizing being self-aware enough to know I am just task driven and I like push through the relationship part and just get straight to the task. And sometimes that can hurt people. You know, we have to be self-aware enough to know that we're like that and to work on improving ourselves and to say, you know, relationships are important. And, you know, I mean, that's what lasts, right? Your relationships with others are what matter most. So something I need to work on is thinking about others before I open my mouth, frankly. I'm real good at opening my mouth, um, but not so good at thinking before I do this, how is, how are, how am I going to say this? How are they going to receive this? What words do I need to use for this person so that they don't feel like this is personal, Mm. you know, that they don't feel like I don't like them. I don't appreciate what they're doing. Um, I don't understand where they're coming from. You know, you want to keep the relationship. You want to honor that person and yourself. And that's the trick with all of this. It is a tricky balance, but it's doable. Mm -hmm. So number three is to apologize. You know, we beat around the bush and we kind of give off the idea that, yeah, we're sorry, you know, hate to do this to you. But how often do we really say the words, I'm sorry. I know that this will inconvenience you, that this is going to cause you more work. um, And I should not have committed to something that I knew was a bad fit for me. And I'm so sorry. Hmm. Uh, I think sometimes people just need to hear the words. And that really does kind of, it's a bomb on the wound. It soothes, you know, when somebody will actually just come right out and say, I'm so sorry, meaningfully, not just, I'm sorry, which is what we task driven people tend to do. Mm-hmm. Number four is to be firm. I don't know about you all, but even as somebody who's pretty comfortable with confrontation, Um, sometimes I'm not as firm as I should be. 
you know, we kind of waffle around and leave room for the other person to say, well, what if we did it this way or we put you in a different room or if we change something, would you still be willing to do it? We need somebody so bad. And we hear that and we feel guilty and we, oh, we just feel so bad and we do want to help. And so we end up, we don't say no at all. So it's like, we have to lead with, I am not going to be working in nursery anymore. We have to make sure we stay a, say a concrete statement after we have been kind and we've apologized. Then we can say, no, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. That's not the only thing you say, but you have, there has to be something in there. So they know, no, I can't do this anymore. This is just not a great fit for me. Not something I can do. It doesn't work for, you know, my family anymore, whatever the reasoning is, but make sure the word no is actually in there. So they know. <laughs> There's not another way to get you to stay. Kelly, would you, um, wouldn't you say though, that in order to be able to do that, the first step is really understanding why you're saying no in the first place. You need to understand why you're saying no. Absolutely. I, I want to take this, since you both are identifying as task-oriented, taking this from a relational perspective, mm -hmm. this being firm almost has to come... <laughs> before the apology because we are already apologizing for everything a lot of the True. time. We're True. apologizing that we're not doing a good enough job or we're not as good as so-and-so or, you know, whatever it is, I almost feel like we have to flip those because when we start with the apology, we shrink ourselves into maybe I shouldn't quit this at all. Maybe mm. this is a bad idea. I just shrunk away from the microphone saying that. Sorry. <laughs> it's very difficult to be firm. It's very difficult to lead a conversation with a no. So I would almost, I love what you said about make sure, make sure that's in there because when we are trying to spare the relationship and the other person's feelings, which of course we should. Right. But <laughs> we often will talk in circles. We'll try to massage mm situation instead of just coming out and saying this doesn't work and I I cannot work in this capacity anymore I apologize I understand but maybe even just something as simple as flipping that and saying I I can't do this anymore and then do the apology and then do if you feel it necessary the explanation because I think that relational people tend to over explain mm -hmm. my husband will call me out on that in all kinds of situations like a server in a restaurant, you know, if you didn't get the right thing, you didn't get the right thing. You don't have to explain that you have a, you know, a food aversion or you <laughs> ate that for dinner last night, or it reminds you of your grandma who died six years ago. Just say, this isn't what I ordered. Can you please bring me what I ordered? Mm -hmm. so, um, just to kind of give you insight into the mind of people who struggle yeah. <laughs> getting out of commitments. Yeah. Because I, I'm already firm because it comes natural to me. And then for the people that are not like me and Ashley that yield to the relational side of it. And I know that's Kelly, 100%. Kelly works really hard to nurture relationships, um, which makes her a great friend. But um, exercising that muscle of firmness for them, that's something that they have to, they have to develop that skill set in order to stay the course with getting out of that commitment. And I well, don't think if it's something you struggle with, I don't think it's bad to sandwich it, to say, 
you know what? I think you are such a rock star that you do this. You excel in it. You're such a good servant. Um, but I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. I am so sorry. And I understand this puts you in a pinch kind of thing. You know, if it's hard for you to just come right out and say, I can't do this anymore. I'm losing it. <laughs> you know, then sandwich it, then make it easier for yourself. But Kelly, I think you said something that was so good. That's a little off. That was about, um, apologizing. We, it's like we, as women, apologize for all the things we shouldn't. And we don't apologize for the things we do. You know, it's like I bump, you know, somebody bumps into me and I say, Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. You know, they should be apologizing to me. And yet when I say something, um, you know, when I say something that's a little sharp to my husband, am I as quick to say, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we are apologizing it's like we have forgotten what that's really supposed to be for, mm. you know, when, when you, when you hurt someone, when you offend someone, make your apology mean something, use it then, you know, don't apologize to other people when they are the one in the wrong, mm. because then the whole apology, the whole, the whole phrase, I'm sorry, loses its weight and power. Mm. Absolutely. That's just a total aside. Sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. Robert trail. Hashtag. <laughs> All right. What's next? <laughs> um, next is, and I feel like I'm in middle school, but we're going to go there anyway. Do it by phone or in person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as much as we would like to just shoot off a text or an email and say, so sorry, I just wanted to let you know, I will not be doing this ever again in my entire life. <laughs> as nice as that is for us and as comfortable and as easy, that is so disrespectful. Mm to this person who you care about, who you admire, who, whatever the relationship is, it's disrespectful for them not to do it at least by phone or preferably in person. It's going to be painful. I'm not telling you that it's not, it is, it's awkward. It's all of those things, but they deserve the respect of being told in as close a way as you can. This is the situation. Because it is, it, I think it cushions the blow a little bit that at least the person had enough courage to come tell you, this is my situation versus just trying to hide and do it behind a screen. Mm -hmm. So that's, that was number five. And the last one, number six is exit in a way that's graceful. If you've already spent the time understanding where this person is coming from and how this is going to inconvenience them, then nobody likes somebody just to up and quit and leave and you're in the lurch, right? So give them as much notice as possible, offer to help them, you know, either with the transition or to find somebody else or whatever it is to make the blow pretty much that you're giving them a little bit easier to take that yes, I am backing out. Yes, this is going to be hard and cause a problem for you, but I'm going to make this as smooth as I possibly can mm -hmm. um, so that it's the least painful for you that it can be. So, and part of that is, I mean, you all have been in these situations too. Mm -hmm. You know, what am I leaving out? What, what else can we do better? <laughs> I think that, so this, this is interesting, this last one. I definitely agree we need to back out gracefully. Now I have been, I've been the one over the nursery. I've been the one working the nursery. I've been the one with kids in the nursery who doesn't want to work the nursery. Actually, Deanna, in the vein of friend and business coach, has given me freedom from finding 
my replacement in things. So I'm not disagreeing with your point, but I am saying if someone is in a leadership position, whether it's the church nursery or an employer, they carry that burden that they could lose people at any point. I just had this with my adult daughter this summer. She's working a part-time job on the weekend. She works full-time during the week and she's working for a new business that maybe doesn't quite have all their ducks in a row. And she kept picking up that burden and taking on extra hours. Well, they have this going on and they have this going on. I'm like, well, yeah, because it's their business. They've, they've absorbed that burden and you being a good person doesn't make you the owner of the business or the carrier of those problems. But I think, again, as women who are boss moms, who are always about kicking down doors and, you know, making things happen and accomplishments and commitments, and also as believers, Christians who want to be nice and want to spare feelings, sometimes we take on more of the burden than we need to. And doing something like saying, I'll fulfill this commitment through the end of the month, that is enough. I don't believe you have to find your own replacement. I have fallen into that trap, mm -hmm. <laughs> Ashley, many times. And that's just hard. It's, it almost punishes you for getting out of the commitment or, mm -hmm. or you, know, you can exit gracefully without taking that on, I guess is what I'm saying. It, it totally does. And I think it depends on, you know, the situation. If you're, you know, if you're in a job and you're leaving, you know, then I go through and make notes of all the different things okay. the person's that's going to be replacing me would need to know. You find this here and you find this oh, here and here's links, okay. that kind of thing. If I'm saying I can't take anything to the bake sale, then maybe that is a time where I say, my week is crazy. I can't bring anything for the bake sale, but I talked to Kelly and she wasn't bringing anything and she's going to, mm -hmm. she's going to bring something in my absence. Sure. So it's like, what it, what's the circumstance? And you know, some of that is common sense, you know, like uh, how big of a commitment is this that you've gotten yourself into and what, what is the graceful mm -hmm. exit? Absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, sometimes true. I'm not going to find a nursery worker to replace me because that <laughs> would be a full-time job for months. <laughs> right. I'm going to say, yeah, I'll work you one more month and then I'm out. Right. So, I think that's the key. It's finding, figuring out what the graceful is for you. Mm -hmm. It is not, I do, cause, because Kelly and I are, are, and it sounds like you too, Ashley, you know, maybe us a little bit more because we're a little older than you. We've had, I have like, decades of church volunteerism and staffism under my belt mm -hmm. and part of if if our listeners that don't share our christian faith can just bear with me for a second part of church culture sometimes loves to i believe they feel like they're empowering leaders by telling them to train somebody up under them to find their replacement, um, what who would do the job if you were to step down? A lot of times they put that on the person who's fulfilling the role, whether it's staff or volunteer. There may be some validity to that if that's part of what's being expected of them in that paid staff role. You know, I don't know if that's something that you agreed to do once you came on. Then you know, that's neither here nor there in the volunteer, but I've been part of volunteer teams where I've been extremely active. I mean, to the point of they need to pay me to do this type of work type of thing where that was what, well, if you're going to leave, who's going to replace you? 
And I remember going through trying to figure out, well, who can it be? And asking people, hey, would you be interested? And people turning me down and me feeling like I'm going to be stuck here forever because I cannot find someone that wants to do this. And this is just as recent as two years ago, me leaving a, a position and them wanting me to find someone to fulfill a particular role. And it's like, that's not my job. This is not my organization. I am not over the function. This role was here before I came to fill it. I will do all that I can to make sure that I'm leaving this in a really good space for the next person. What you or Kelly said, I think it was you, figuring out what the grace is, figuring out this is what I can commit to Mm -hmm. and communicating that this is what I'm going to be able to do. I'm going to make a policy for this. I'm going to document what I do here. I'm going to da, 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 da. I'm willing to sit in on interviews. But once you create that clarity, do what you're saying you're going to do and, and get, get the heck up out of there. <laughs> what we're talking about really is boundaries. Yes. Setting boundaries. I mean, how much do we need those in every area of your life? Let's say you're going on vacation with your, you know, your extended family, set the boundary up front. Yeah, this is what I'm committing to. We're yeah, we'll go out, you know, we'll go out with you and we'll all have fun together for two days, but we're gonna take two days and we're gonna go out just with me and my husband or me and my family. Set that's how you keep from getting into these uh problems is to mm. set the boundary up front. Yes, I will work in the nursery for three months and see if it's a good fit for you and a good fit for me, and then we'll reevaluate and see if we want to keep doing this. So mm. you automatically give yourself an out if you need it. Um, and I think even myself, I am, you know, we all need to get better at setting boundaries because they protect us. Mm -hmm. I love that. As we leave, I, I, um, Kelly, you and I put together a list of questions, man, over a year ago on getting to know yourself. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think this would be a good link to add to this episode because if you don't know where your boundaries are, this is very difficult to do. If you don't already know what you need and how you need it, it's very difficult. It's impossible to communicate to other people mm -hmm. what those are. When I was in my younger years, I, was, I had no clue on what my boundaries were. And it wasn't until I matured and realized I needed to start communicating boundaries, not just to the people outside of my family, but to my husband and my kids, you know, everybody that was in my life. I, but I had to know what they were first in order for me to empower them to honor them. Okay. And you can do that just like Ashley mentioned earlier in a very loving and kind way. So we'll, you can start there. It's just a journal, journal prompts, questions to ask yourself and just take some time over the next few days to journal some of the answers to that so you can be a little bit more in touch with who you are and what you need in order to start creating some of these um, boundaries and maybe backing out of some commitments. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome resource. It's like if we want to be better moms, better wives, better friends, we've got to take the time to work on ourselves mm -hmm. so we can be better for them. And I don't know, I haven't read it, but I've heard some podcast interviews with the authors, the book boundaries, Henry Cloud and John Townsend. This is like I think it's sold upwards of like 3 million copies that if, if you know you need work on boundaries and this is a thing that you need to develop in yourself, pick it up. I mean, 3 million copies can't be wrong. <laughs> and we'll link back to that too as well. Ashley, thank you. This, I have enjoyed this whole conversation. It's been yes! from the beginning. Can you quickly tell our listeners where they can find you online? 
Absolutely. So the site is defeatingbusy.com and I'm also on Instagram as my main presence and that's at defeatingbusy as well. Uh, join me there. We do some challenges. We do some fun things. I'll run through Instagram. Um, it was great talking to y'all. Thanks so much for having me on. And you have a free resource, don't you? I do. The free resource is 25 ways to save time. So, and these are like broad things that you can really take with you and make it apply to your life, like delegating or, um, you know, automating things. And that is at bit.ly slash 25 ways find time. All right. And we will link back to that as well. Thank you so much, Ashley. This has been amazing. And everyone listening, remember to stay refreshed.